That's a lot, isn't it? Hello, hello, hello. It's another episode of It's a Lot with Abby Chatfield. And today's episode, I am so excited to show you guys. I think it's a really good one. I have the amazing Bodzilla on the pod. Um, if For those of you who don't know, it, uh, April is the Bodzilla. She'll explain her name at the start of the episode. Um, but she is... Someone who follows me, but also we've had like dialogue before via DM and she's like an internet friend of mine, you know how it is in COVID days. Um, And she's just fantastic. She and I had such a great time recording this. I adore her. I want to go back again on to talk about something else because I think she's so great to chat with. Um, She also has her own podcast called The Bodcast, like Bod, Body, Bodzilla. And I really recommend you guys listening to it. Her perspective on things are incredible. She's so positive, but also down to earth and not overly wholesome. There isn't that toxic positivity, which we all talk about a lot. Um, Today, we're talking about red flags. So this is something that I have gotten so many emails about, so many emails and DMs. Whenever I do a Q&A, everyone says, what are the, some red flags? Obviously, there are an endless amount of red flags. But uh, April and I got together and decided to choose our top three each, as well as a yellow flag and a green flag. April is happily married to a lovely man, and I'm um, I'm happily single. But I've had my fair share of really bad relationships, um, one of which I will just tell you guys all about next week. But in the meantime... Uh, here is my chat with April Watson, a.k.a. the Bodzilla, a.k.a. one of my favourite guests thus far. Hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know what you think in the podcast group and uh, check out April's podcast. Bye. Hello, April, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Now, on your Instagram, on your body positivity Instagram, your activism Instagram that I love, your name is The Bodzilla. And I feel like you should explain that to everyone because you explained it before. And I loved it. I loved the, I loved the thought process behind it. Yeah, it was it was a really good one. Um, so my friend Jade and I, uh, Jade's from Hipster Mum Social, and I just love her. She's one of my favourite people. And she was really keen to help me with my rebrand. And so we were like, well, what am I going to call myself, you know? And we threw around some words, babe, bored, you know, boss, bitch, whatever. And mm. she said, oh, bod, bod, bodzilla? And I was like, oh, that's it. You've struck gold. That is the oh. best because, you know, for me, Godzilla is, you know, that that monster, king of monsters. And body mm. image is such a monster too. So um, mm. I think it's really, it, it was kind of cool. And it, I, yeah, I thought it sounded quite cool. I mean, I think it's great. It's so catchy and I love your content. I feel like it's really like a fun way of um, coming to body positivity and body um, acceptance as well. Like it's not like a bit yeah. like you know cliche the way you do it it's fun it's good and it's just like <laughs> so empowering I love it um Thanks, but you and I have just been like you know damning back and forth I never know how or why I think you know I, th- I have all because, these like, online because friendships bad bitches have got to stick together honey That's yeah why. we just attract each other I guess <laughs> I have all these like online dm friendships ever since I've been on the show with people that I'm like I feel like you're my friend or like I know you or like I know what you'd think I like send memes to people that I've never met like I love a that. girl um, Gab- uh, there's a girl, um, Gabrielle. She 
is in the um, podcast group, but I'm going to get her on actually as well. But she, I literally will see TikToks and send them to her. And I'm like, I don't know even what she really looks like. Like, I'm like, but I'm like I have no concept like of you. And yet yeah. I know, I know you. I think yeah. that's one of the really wonderful things about um, social media. And I think Clementine and I were talking about the fact that Instagram allows us to have windows into the worlds of people that we don't know and yes. find out stuff. I mean, you know, it's, as we were just saying before we started recording, I didn't really spend a lot of time watching reality tv so i only know who you are because i listen to the shameless podcast yeah so and it's like a little with you. it's a lovely little window isn't it oh my god thank and you shameless um Yay. but just one more fan <laughs> <laughs> today so april and i speaking of our, our online friendship we um i don't even know you dm me you were replying to, reply, a, story <laughs> yeah, to a story or something and you were like if you want um you know um, if like you need someone stories. to talk about, yeah, crazy exes and red flags, I'm your girl. And you were like, well, actually, what are you doing next week? I was like, oh. Yeah, okay. and I was like, actually, I do because <laughs> I get so many emails from you guys. I get so many DMs in the podcast and um, my Instagram being like, can you please like um, tell us like your top red flags? And I'm like, oh, there are so many, sweetie, honey, sweetie, honey. And also... <laughs> Obviously, my red flags and your red flags are going to be different because we have different experiences. So, like, totally. now my red flags, you can pretty much see where my exes went wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a little, it's like a little diary of your, of the, your ex's mistakes. So, I thought April would be so good because she's fun, she's positive, she's smart, she's interesting. And also, um, she's got a different perspective than me. Because if I, I could do a solo episode on this for probably three hours. But I yeah, feel like... More. Yeah, we need more perspectives. So, and I think, I yeah, on- I think you're right. Yeah, we definitely will have different perspectives. And also, because I'm old as heck. Um, old as heck? You. You're not old as heck. I'm 10 years older than you. So, I've had 10 years longer to find out that men ain't mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And you now have a lovely husband, don't you? <laughs> I do. I do. He is actually the most marvelous person. But the fact that um, I found him, I had to get through some shit. And I think being able to assert the boundaries after being like, yeah, I don't play, girl. Like, I don't, mm-mm. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. being able to know what do you hate and say, I won't accept that was mm-hmm. really powerful because our relationship, you know, definitely it started, we, we got together and we were together quite quickly, got married quite quickly, had a baby. Um, but it was because I went, yeah, he's none of those things that I hate. So he was just, you know, my, my friend Morgan and I always talk about bag of flags. And you're not a man, you're just a big skin bag of flags. Yeah. Um, and he was he was a whole bunch of green flags. Oh, I love that. Aww. It's like success story as well because people, you know, people always say that I demonize men and I'm like, I don't. I just talk about my experience with the men. And unfortunately, all of them have been horrendous from my dad leaving when I was born until uh, last week. So it's like... I like and all my friends' boyfriends. I have one of my friends' boyfriends that I genuinely like, um, and that's it. Love you, Jake. Shout out to Jake. Um, but love Jake. Like, love that love, guy. We love we love Jake. What a we guy. call him a girl. We call him a girl dad because he has the energy of a girl father. You know what I mean? Like he would have <gasps> oh, girl kids we lo- yes, and take I know. care of them. Yes, he's he's I do know. he's the boyfriend that we give. We all give him when we go out clubbing when we used to before COVID. <laughs> he's the guy. God. He comes out with all the girls and then he wears our crossbody bags while we go down. No. Oh, my God. We so love he- him. Yes. So my husband is also like I went to the hairdresser yeah. the other day and our friend came up. And so my husband just sat there listening to us talk about 24 carat um, nipple masks. Just literally yeah. just was like, oh, yeah, girls, cool. Like, enjoy. Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. <laughs> like, even like I'll call my I'll call my best friend Georgie will FaceTime and he'll be like, what's Abby saying? Like, I want the gossip. And he'll always yeah. be like, I reckon. <laughs> and we're like, get in here, Jake. Get it. So we love guys get like that. It. But he's the only guy that I can think of that I'm like, 
you guys have a great relationship and I love you. So, yes. We're going to talk about red flags. We're going to do a yellow flag. And we're going to give you guys a green flag because it is important to acknowledge when they're doing well. Because we well. don't want to demonize men. No. We don't want to demonize and also, them. No, and this also isn't even about just men, I guess. It's about any gender, mm-hmm. um, any, any um, relationship configuration that you have, whether it's poly, you know, monogamous, whether you're. True. Whether I just haven't, t- I haven't had the pleasure of experiencing anything outside the size het situation I mean, I'm in. It I is mean, what it is. I mean, I'm still jealous of your lovely relationship, so I feel like you're still winning on that front. Um, But as always, I'm going to ask you, first and foremost, what's been a lot this week, April? Dal, what's been a lot? The whole damn thing's been a lot. Um, Mm. Look, I'm a mum of one and my toddler is almost three and I think coming to terms with the fact that I'm handling this human who... I mean, the attitude, but then I, he speaks to me and I'm like, mm, I get it. The last a uh, couple of weekends ago, it was my husband's birthday and I said to Miles, oh, it's daddy's birthday. And he burst into tears and I looked at him and I said, are you a little bit sad because it's not your birthday? And he went, mm. yes. And I was like, mm-hmm, I understand. I want it to be about me too. <laughs> I get, it. I, get I get it. I get it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna collect and hunt for my glory through making lovely lunch and cake and being like, look at all this delicious look at these uh-huh. gifts. Look at me go. Look at I'm such a good uh-huh. wife. So I, I get that that factor. And so being able to relate to a three year old, I'm like, what does that say about me? I don't really I mean, know. I think it's great. I think that shows great parenting when you can relate to your three year old having a sook because they aren't the centre of attention. I mean, I think we all get it. And if yeah. you don't get it, maybe you aren't what star sign are you? Oh, I'm a Pisces, honey. Oh, I'm a psychic a Pisces. Pisces. I'm soaking up all them emotions. Um, and he's a water sign too. So we're both very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You're a what? A Gemini? Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe. Oh, yeah. So my I'm husband's a... birthday's the day before yours, I'm pretty sure. Huh? Um, my husband's birthday's the day before yours, I'm fairly sure. On the Sunday. Oh, and your birthday was on yeah. the Monday. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Oh, my God, yeah. He's on the cusp. He's on the cusp. So he gets it, but he also looks at it like, oh, you guys are actually a mess. And I'm just like, sorry, babe. (laughs) Not sorry. Both of you crying about the fact it isn't your birthday. (laughs) Yeah, literally. You're laughing, but it's true. (laughs) That's amazing. I I also want to talk about, we touched on it before, for a second before we recorded. I just want to talk about how much toxic positivity Ugh. is driving and has always driven me wow. fucking crazy, but particularly Ugh. right now and particularly, I guess, for the past, since COVID started and then mm. and then Black the Black Lives Matter movement and then everything now, I'm sick of seeing people. I never do on my own what's been a lot this week, but I'm going to fucking do it because I think we should do talk it. about it. Do it. That, it I'm drives, empowering you, girlfriend. It drives it. me fucking crazy right now seeing people be like, Stop putting negativity out into the world. Let's all be positive. And it's been since COVID. And I would notice certain people that are like influencers post during COVID, even before the 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 racial uprising that is very warranted and needed. So we're stoked mm-hmm. about that. Even before that mm-hmm. really, 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 really came into the general, I guess, um, consciousness yep. that should have been there all along. But that's a whole other conversation. I, that's um, a lot for sure. Um, <laughs> but... And I was posting being like, stay the fuck inside. Like I was like, stay inside. Oh, Stop you were so everyone. mad. You were so mad at your friends who went to the beach. Fuck. I was I like, was I love raging. that I was love like it. yelling into it. like my stories being it. like, what the fuck are you doing? And then people that were like also on, they, maybe they were on a same TV show that I was on. I don't know. They'd be like, guys, 
let's post positivity and encourage people to do what they need to do and it's all going to work out. And I'm like, there is a pandemic the size of the Spanish flu coming a hundred years later when we have air travel and we're all going to fucking die. And look at America right now. They've had 129,000 deaths. We've had, what, 102, which is awful. But we are... Yeah, what a difference. 5,000 cases being... a day in Texas. Do you know what yeah. I mean? 5,000. I mean, although, Victoria, we're a little bit mad at you, but just saying. Um, we're mad at you. But it's right. I mean, we're, we're, like, you know, I, th- I think that that toxic positivity issue, and especially when you're talking about COVID, um, people are like, you know, if you really need to do something for your mental health, like, I don't know, <laughs> endangering the lives of literally everyone you know by going somewhere and doing something that you oughtn't to be doing, Potentially, yeah. I'm usually the biggest advocate in the world for self-care, but if your self-care comes at the cost of other people's lives, probs just get over it, babe. Totally agree. And I think as well this toxic, this positivity um, comes with a lot of um, privilege. Like this toxic positivity comes with a lot of oh, privilege. Yeah. When it comes to COVID, the, yeah. the, money, um, the money aspect, obviously, like people that were suddenly unemployed could not just be – putting out positive energy into the world, the people that had mm. family members dying. And now with, um, you know, the riots in the US and, and people talking about Black Lives Matter much more and going to protest, people have been like, let's all remember. And it's all like, it's all white, upper middle class, which like is what I, I'm a white girl, but like it's all the people that are just mm. like, let's be positive. No, but- it's like you have privilege to be able to ignore that, to be able to be like. Yes. To the, be able you've to just be used like, the magic word, ignore. Yeah. It's yeah. like you can you can be as, uh, you can be decisively apolitical and that's fine, mm. but people's lives aren't politics. So if you're, yes. you're going to go out of your way to ignore when someone, especially a person of colour, tells you what you're doing is harmful If you and you can isolate yourself and put yourself in a situation where you're like, I just literally don't have to care about this, mm. that's privilege. Mm. Yeah, totally. And, you, well, I mean, and I guess these people also don't have, and then it, it kind of calls yourself out for who you surround yourself with. Like yeah. if you are saying that is different, be- girl. Ooh. Yeah, like let, if you're saying, oh, let's all be, po- let's all have positivity. Let's say it's about the Black Lives Matter movement. Let's just be positive and remember. What we're, and it's like, do you have no friends who are people of color that have like do you, like because I have, I guess you know, I guess I have diverse friends. I never really fucking think about it, but yeah. I guess I have diverse friends compared to other people because it's just. It just should be normal because Australia is thirty percent people of well, colour, but that's a whole. Other yeah, thing. and I'm sure, and I'm sure at your age, I'm sure that you do have a much more diverse group of. Do you know? Like, I do think younger, the younger people that I know in my life seem to be very much more like, oh yeah, people of colour are are people. We we see yes. that. Yes, we get that. And <laughs> and these conversations are ones that I've been having with my friends for for years and years and years and years and like years about about this stuff, and it's something that we've you know spoken about in depth over wines. And then I think when then there's now these people who are um, influ- any anyone actually on the internet, it's like positivity. It's like have you never, even before this movement, had a conversation with someone who's a person of color or a marginalized group, even during Pride Month? Have you ever had? A- do you have no gay friends? Mm. Do you have no? Do you know no one that's trans? Do you know no one that is um, a person of color? I, I just I don't I they're outing themselves. As surround yeah. themselves with only white, yeah. straight, cis people. 
and yeah, and I yeah, and I think that some of that is that they don't know because they're gravitating towards people that are like them and not mm. deliberately diversifying. And I don't have a problem with people being friends with people that they can see themselves reflected in. But my issue is when you aren't just friends with people like that. So if you mm. actually have a friend who's a person of color, then yeah, I'm sorry, I don't see color. That's mm, oh. it's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it for me. I don't see color is the f- is the most I was talking to Sunny and Glow about it's this. It's a really actually. interesting way to say, I don't fucking care about that. It's not yes. my problem. Yeah. Or like or it's also an interesting way to say like um it's kind of gaslighting a little bit. Kind of being like yes. No, I or I don't see you as as a black woman. So you're not. And it's like, but I but my lived experience is this. But Ooh, but I yeah. am that though, and it's like you, it's, it's it's completely erasing any issues yes. and putting it Erasure. to the side and being like, and and yeah. also maybe 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 you you know you could be the least racist person in the world, but if you're white, you're still inherently racist, so you still have to admit some biases that you have. Like yes, yes, that's something and, and that like we need not to being work racist on. is not the same as being actively anti-racist. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like you, like just because you aren't screaming the N word. Doesn't mean <laughs> my you face. Are, like, you're just like shit, girl. I probably like, shouldn't have even inferred that right there. I know, but like, we're we're like, like, like I'm still learning. Like every day, like my Tea Tuesday, I was like, mm, probably should change the name of that. The other I was day, so I proud was, of like, you. I was so proud of you for that. When you <laughs> said I probably shouldn't like appropriate AAVE, I was like, I think I'm a little bit wet just by <laughs> hearing that. Because well, I just thought like, it would be so easy for you to just keep doing that and be like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm just mm. talking about the tea, spill the tea. Yeah, honey, that's mm-hmm. And, mm. and also Binday is iconic Australian way of describing taking out the trash. So mm. I'm all mm. for Binday. Binday is life. Binday is actually f- way more iconic. The tea shoes, I think, just came <laughs> apart because I think someone said in my DMs once and I was like, yeah. And I've just been obviously in my, in my research and my understanding of – I mean, I've always been it's like... It's called growth, yeah, cool, Abby. It's called growth. And it's you're growth. all about that. It's growth. And TikTok is really helping me. I'm, in, I'm stuck in this amazing corner of... T- Are you on TikTok? So I deleted it because I'm old. And I was like, I think that maybe I'm not comfortable with the amount of like keystroke logging and permissions that it requires on your phone. Okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> so, but I, am I addicted to TikTok? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I was. I get, I get like scroll holes. So, I, but I'm now, I realized last night I was scrolling for two hours and I'm in this beautiful corner of TikTok now where I've realized I do not see straight white men at all on my feet. Ever. I haven't I seen one. It. I haven't Give seen me one. All- can I, I don't oh think I've God, even really seen is... straight white girls. I I don't see anyone but straight no. and white. It's always by because I'm I would say I'm bisexual. So my 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 feed is literally like Black Lives Matter, um, bisexual girls being like if the best ones like if you want to know if you're gay or not, stay here and they wait and they're like oh if you're still here you're gay and I'm like fuck, damn it. And then like, they on to me. They on to me. Yeah, like, fuck. <laughs> very can't wait till COVID's over. Um, and then. <laughs> And then it's just like banter about like how sh- how racist Americans are and like random English people doing weird shit with like mannequins in their backyards. Like it's just it's just oh, like non binary. It's, it's a really it's the I love TikTok, but I feel like God, this has gone on a tangent. People always get mad at me for my tangents, but I don't give a fuck. If you're listening, you're still listening. Um, and if you're I just gay, you're the- gay, and we love you anyway. We love, we love. It. But the 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 original point of like I just feel like the toxic positivity. 
movement is just it's it's complete erasure of any issues and if you have the capacity like it's like saying you're apolitical if you aren't a political person i just it's okay to be like oh you know i think we shouldn't hate people for their political views but if you support trump don't like you um yeah and look i i totally yeah i totally agree that being apolitical is is good and i myself can you know i i would say that i have varied political views at best but um yeah, I, I don't think that it's important for you to be political all the time and I don't think that, unless you're a politician, um, but I don't, I, don't think that, I don't think that people's lives are political. That's not, it's not that's, up for debate, right? That's the thing. And it's like if it's a social issue about, this is what I don't understand, like it's literally like are you, are you right wing or do you have empathy? But that's literally how I think about it. Yeah, like, yeah, you can only look at it in the that's, – there's no grey area. This is black and it's white. And if you're white, well, mm-hmm, next, I know. And this next is, question. And this, yeah, and and I always – I used to say to my ex-boyfriend who was really intelligent and we would have the most – the reason why I love loved him so much was because he and I would have really good debates and we didn't – we actually rarely agreed, but our conversations were like he would like challenge my thoughts and it wasn't about agreeing, but – we could have an equal match conversation. It wasn't like, well, not all men. It was like genuinely like, well, what about this and this and this? Something that I would always end up coming back to that he just, we we always got to this point where he was like, you know, like he would say facts and logic. And I'm like, yep, okay, that's fine. But sometimes emotions overrule your statistics. Like sometimes, like you know how the right wing thing is? Yeah, like like people saying, well, you know, only only this percentage of if we're going to go with um violence against people of color in the US. There are all these videos now from right-wing media saying, you know, this percentage, you know, it actually isn't quote unquote as bad as as bad as you think it actually isn't. And it's like, well, you know what, at the end of the day, black people in the US feel as though they're targeted and it's recorded again and again and again and again and again and anecdotally. And while that isn't statistical data, that is still anecdotal evidence repeatedly that it affects people emotionally and adds their trauma, which ends up being bad for society. So let's do something about it. And I feel like we don't need facts or numbers. We just need to be like, at the end of the day, if something is emotionally damaging someone or traumatizing someone then it should be spoken about and there should be some activism with it. Yes, and I think that, and this kind of t- ties back in with um, our conversations uh, in DMs and, and stories around, we talk about uh, victims of sexual assault and people who come forward when something super fucking sketchy happens to them mm-hmm. and we talk about believe women and we're like, believe people of colour. Don't yes. act like if you... Oh, but that never happened to me. No, motherfucker, it didn't. Sorry, like I'm writing there with no, this. No, no, go. We swear. Explicit. Alone. Tick that box. Woo. Made it R for radical. Um, <laughs> but I, my thing is, it, like, don't, don't, don't try to defend it. And I'm not saying that. You know, in the same way that not all men, and the same way that not all cops, and the same way that not all white people, it doesn't actually matter. Instead of meeting my voicing of concern of issues of harm of triggers of experience don't come back and be like but I'm not like that oh I used to be friends with you know this black person and they said I could say the n-word because because I was like a brother to them or whatever um uh no just like consent 
the N-word can be revoked. So stop fucking saying it and stop yeah. acting yeah. as if black people are just making it up for attention. And also I always think like when I listen to – I've been doing a lot of um, – listening to podcasts recently there's a really good one called behind the bastards and they're doing a series right now called behind the police and they're talking about the police Ooh. from like the start of the police like when it first originated in like the I think the 19th century or maybe the 17th 18th century and then right up to today in, in the u.s and yeah. it's uh, the there's a there's the host is white and then he's got a co-host host propaganda the rapper have you heard of propaganda no, I haven't, but... He's like an know. activist and a rapper and he's really intelligent. He, he regularly is a, is a guest oh, on the show. Yeah, yeah. I, ha- I feel like I'm like... My you, I think you'd know him. Told you he, I'm um, Can't remember he, I think he's like... Yeah, anyway, so he um, he's on as well and he's just like... The other day he was like, why would we collectively make this up? And I was like, that's <sighs> the crux of it. What, what, for attention? Like, why would you want to spend all this time and effort going to protests, like making you know spending pouring all your energy into social media and all this pain and as a collective saying this happens except for a few people the people that white people use as their tokenistic like candace owens we're looking at you yeah fucking no don't i know let's not do you know what i love that you're like i've never done an it's a lot but here i go (laughs) Oh my god! Okay, so we're twenty five minutes in. I feel like we should go into the actual episode. Oh, I, I feel like could... I don't want to derail that, but I'm like, do we want to talk about the flags? We can, or we. Can oh just my god! We actually should do a whole other episode just ranting about people. We should choose. I'm for. I feel gripes. like we could have it. We could do a three way. I mean, no. I mean, I uh, do, what? but <laughs> I meant. <laughs> you were. You said you were bisexual, babe. Um, I would never characterize characterize myself as bisexual, but. I'm also like, I love women. And my whole TikTok feed was trans men and uh, yeah, bisexual trans women. men. So, oh, I can't. I'm just like, oh, my God, that dude. Woo, there's this one particular guy. It makes me want to log back in right now and just be like, this guy, you have to watch this guy. I love him so much. I think he's going to be my second husband. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, tra- you know why trans men are so attractive? Because a lot of them, obviously women, let's be honest, are more attractive than men. So they have the symmetry of women. Yes. And then... And then, and then the delightful his, like, and then raw when they're on tea, their beauty of men. Oh, it is. Give me that jawline. My nipples are getting hard. There's me. one. There's oh, one trans man oh. that I follow. Trans man that I follow, and I'm actually obsessed with him. And they. Oh my I God. feel and like they, it's going to be the same one. Probably. I, I, let's link it after. Let's link. Yeah, well, link, DM, link it, it, DM it after. Um, speaking of your hard nipples, I do love the fact that you are my latest Vush ambassador. I'm living for oh. it. Yeah, I was like, nothing I like better than scrolling through my Insta stories later and seeing Abby kissing a vibrator. I was like, oh my yeah. god, yes, everyone! Just a reminder: it. you can use the code Abby for sixty-five percent off your bush. All right, let's get into these red flags because I feel like it's been half an hour and we've got a lot to get through. Yeah, we do. All right, so do you want to go first? Your first red flag. You you started sure. off because you're the guest, so we're gonna we have a few red <laughs> flags each and um, hit it. Hit it, April. Whoop. Okay, so uh, we spoke about in the DMs about my ex, and I've only got one really significant ex, but wow, he was a whole mess. He was one. a bag of flags with a bag of flags over its shoulder like the littlest hobo, I tell you. <laughs> um, first date, I should have known. Like this guy talking about, oh, you know, women and just generally denigrating women, but specifically when men talk about their psycho ex, I'm just like, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because we all, 
A, we all have a friend that we see get a little bit buckwild and nasty when it comes to why are you driving around late at night seeing if that person's car is where they said they were or, you know, we, we do all have a female friend who fulfills that prophecy, right? But at the same like time. Have we all done that though? I feel like all, oh, yeah. I was with this last night. Yeah. We've all done something like that. Let's all admit 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. And, and look, and, but that's learned behaviour because why? We don't fucking trust you. Why? Why don't mm-hmm. we trust you? Because you lie. Mm-hmm. And when you lie, and see, some people will be like, oh, that never happened to me. Okay, well, I'm happy for you, Doreen. I'm super happy <sighs> for you that you can't fucking relate to the fact that men are full of crap. But lots yeah. of them are. And yeah. people who talk about their psycho ex, it's like to me immediately, what did you do now? I think, what yeah. did you do to make her act so psycho? Why is she like that? You know as well, I think that's amazing point. What have you done? But also I think even if she was, um, even if she was quote unquote psycho, crazy, whatever word they want to use, I think it shows a real lack of emotional maturity to be able to differentiate. Like I, like my ex-boyfriend treated me like absolute shit. He's the one that I had the abortion with and I had ST, gave me STIs, cheated on me, broke up a million times, like back and forth, back and forth. You know, awful, awful time He sounds like a great guy, babe. He sounds great. But the thing is, I would never say he's a bad person. I think he I think he really struggles with avoiding attachment. I think he, like, I've done my research being like, this is, no one intentionally tries to be mean or psycho, right? So if there's a guy that's like, oh, she's just fucking crazy. It's like, well, what trauma has, have you gotten to know her well enough to know what trauma she has in her life, why she reacts to that stuff? What have you done to her? And do you, do you not think there's some reason behind it? Like one of my friends, um went on a date with uh, slept with this guy a few times and he was like yeah my ex is really crazy and he didn't know that she knew her and her mom had had unfortunately committed suicide when she was a kid and that's why she was obviously a bit unstable she had depression and anxiety she wasn't yeah fucking crazy she just was sensitive because she's had trauma like how right. like i think it shows a huge lack of emotional maturity to not see no one, no, no one is, and also if I, if I are crazy, if I do have, quote unquote crazy, if I have some sort of like, I guess what you see is traditional being quote unquote crazy, like schizophrenia or hallucinations, the poor thing. Yeah. And the lack of empathy and the lack of, I mean, you're in a relationship with someone and you have no idea that they're suffering from mm. what could be something as severe as PTSD, but, mm. uh, uh, you know, or simply being triggered by the way that you behave. I yeah. think that I'm just like, why are you with that person? Because you clearly don't give a crap about them. Like you're not, Absolutely. how can you love someone and not know about them that, oh, I probably shouldn't do X or Y because... That will, that will lead to this. This, yeah. yeah. Like my my ex again. You know, his people people in Brisbane know who I'm talking about, and this is what's tragic because Brisbane's the size of my fucking pinky. But um, he he, you know, people would when we were broken up, when we were together, people would be like, "Oh my god, do you know his name?" And they'd be like, "He's crazy." I remember one girl one time cornered me in a club, and she didn't know that I was dating him at the time, and she was like, "Have you heard about na na na? He's crazy." And I was like. No, oh no, tell me. Tell me what he's done. Like, tell me. <laughs> yes, Because I, I never trusted Share him. So I, was like, I was like, is he dating your friend? Because I never trusted him because he always had like another girlfriend or whatever. And I was, and she was like, no, he's just like, he's just like crazy. Like he's like medicated. And I was like, who the fuck are you to say? And he, this Ew. man has like treated me like absolute shit. Like this is like, yeah, but he's still, would but you I'm say like, someone, have you heard, have you heard about, have you heard about April? She's asthmatic. She yeah. takes medicine. What? She's, yeah, how, I mean, no wouldn't fucking idiot. sense. 
So I agree. I think that shows a huge lack of empathy. I have one that's kind of similar to that. Hit me. Again, talking about women in this way, but someone saying, and this is a bit of a cliche, but I've got to say it, a guy saying to you, you're not like other girls. Now, this implies so much. Also (laughs) using the word slut or whore or bitch. That as well. Anyone that uses the word slut around me, I, I call them up. Every time, unless it's like, you know, like a girlfriend being like, oh my God, you fucking slut. Like that, you know what I mean? Like it's like, a, hey, oh my bitch. God, you fucking bitch. You look like, a, yeah. you look so slutty. You look so hot. You know what I mean? But if, it's if a, a guy. It's a mood. Yeah, it's a it's mood. It's an energy. It's an energy. <laughs> um, big slut energy. I live for yeah, that. That's how I want to Big slut energy. Is yes. that a t-shirt? It is now. Oh my God. <laughs> big, we need a mug with big slut energy on and a drawing big of us. Write it down. Write it down. Um, oh, but- <laughs> hang on. Yep. Get it. Get it together. Um, but I think, I think, you know, like other girls imply so many things. A, they think women in general are shit. Yeah. <laughs> you say, like, oh, you, you oh, are well. better than all the other shit things. Yeah, than all other shit. Like saying that girls, it also implies like girls aren't funny, girls aren't smart, girls aren't interesting. Using the word slut, bitch, whore implies that you have anger towards women that you have unresolved and you are inherently misogynistic and i just find it really repulsive as well and also it's just child it's a childish thing to say it's a childish thing to say you are like other girls don't try to make me feel better by saying other women are shit and i might i've had ex-boyfriends that i've had to train to not tell me like you know i'm very comfortable being like oh my god that girl is so pretty how pretty is that girl if we're like at breakfast or something or, yes. you know, having a coffee, like, how gorgeous is she? And I'm not saying it to bait them. I'm going, oh, she's really pretty. Mm. Yeah. And they've always gone, but you're prettier. And I'm like, don't say that. I don't it's want to be. It's not a competition. Yes. I don't want to be forced to compete with other women. And be- you know why? Because as I've gotten, now that I'm old and 25, but like, as yeah. I've gotten like older. A quarter cent. Years. Like they're, like they're, oh my God. There are so many, obviously, different types of people in the world and different looks and and there is so many of my friends I think are so beautiful but I don't get jealous of them because I don't look anything fucking like me like yes. they don't look anything like me like my my two of my closest friends one of them has long dark brown hair is tan has brown eyes is like a little like little like she's very gorgeous but she looks nothing like me so why would I spend my time being like who's prettier it's like apples and oranges you know what I mean so I hate this inherent forced um, competitiveness. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so then if we're going to talk about, I guess, first dates, like that's where you go, cool, no second date for you. Like if you're going to speak like that and um, about other women in that way when I first meet you, I already know I don't like you. I don't 100%. need to spend time with you. But 100%. then, of course, we, we get into those really, the my personal favourite, relationship red flags where we kind of, are already committed to either we've never this is pretty common and I think I see this a lot in your podcast group people talking about how they were surprised to find their partner did x or y and sometimes it's about folding and scrunching and other times it's about realizing that your partner was like secretly racist or um that your partner had a secret I don't know like gambling debt like something that they should tell you doesn't make them a bad person to have a gambling debt but you should definitely disclose that if it's an issue because if we want to like buy a house or you know if you're making plans together and the things that you've got those skeletons in your closet Mm -hmm. are gonna are gonna make that a problem it's better mm-hmm. to be up front people who mm-hmm. aren't up front for me I just go well 
what else are you hiding? And that's where that, you know, 100%. maybe I'm a little bit triggered, have a lack of trust, but also you're being a bit dodge. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, um, I would never, when it comes to gambling debts and stuff like that, I've had a few friends where their boyfriends, I would never date anyone with a gambling, with a get, with a, even honestly, that even was like gambling more than like 20 bucks at the pokies. You know, when, you know when you're drunk and you're at the pub and you're like, oh, we'll put, we'll put this extra $10 And then you leave your wallet in the pokies and then yeah. you throw up and have your undies off. Oh, no, that was. That oh, was that was. Just, oh, sorry. That was me, actually. So trying to steal my Pino. thunder, April. <laughs> if you don't Pino. watch Abby's stories and you don't understand, well, that's. You don't that's get it. You've watched my bin days. Um, but but yes, I feel pe- like. People who have it, having a slap, having a casual slap. When go you go out it. and you go, oh, look, I've got $20 too much in my wallet. Mm. I should just feed it to this pokey machine. Yeah, and have a laugh different. with your friends, you know, with the girls yeah. after, you know, after a, after a lunch or something. But I, like, with a gambling debt, it also, the, when people are hiding big things like that, it's risking hiding, tr- like, like, triggers. Like, so if someone, like, my dad, my dad, when I was born, gambled away all of, all of my mum's money and then left us when I was a baby. And so yeah. if anyone ever gambled, it is a trigger for me to be like, and I would emotionally cause off immediately. But it's like, it's almost, it's not, I wouldn't say it's manipulative because it, they wouldn't know that was a trigger, but it's like hiding things from you that are like, it isn't just the fact the money thing. It's the fact this is an emotional trigger for me and you should know me well enough if that's a trigger. So that makes sense. It would be like, it would be like dating someone if you were like me, incredibly and like paralyzingly afraid of spiders, you wouldn't date someone who was like a spider keeper. Like whose whole mm. like hobby was keeping spiders. Because you'd be like, we are fatefully incompatible. Yes. There is just, if you love spiders and I hate spiders, then like in, you know, in no world are we going to be able to like put that together and make it work because 100%. we just, yeah. And I think that for work. you, obviously that that's your thing. Like for you, yeah. if someone has a gambling problem, then that for you is going to feel like, yeah, I can't, I can't with that. And that's cool. It's, it's yeah. actually fine. Um, and I think it's important that, Two things, that people get support for things like that and being able to acknowledge it because I've worked in places, licensed venues, where gambling is a real problem. But it's also I, I think that um, like most things that we find are passed on through behavioural stuff, so the, almost the emotional triggers of someone who has a gambling debt quite potentially comes from something that happened to them as well. Mm-hmm. So 100%. it's kind of like, again, you just go, am I willing to explore that? Is that something that I love this person so much and I'm going to look past it? We're going to work uh-huh. through it? Or do you just go, mm, that is just, we're done. That's the end of the line for me. And that's that's actually okay. Being able yeah. to say to someone, yeah, that's because that it isn't. I was just thinking as well, like it isn't like, you know, they're a bad person. Or like I could, I could deal with someone with a, I would rather date someone that was addicted to heroin than someone who was addicted to gambling because of that trigger. See, like I would go. rather help someone through a drug addiction than through a gambling thing because like, like I'm actually thinking about it now and I could not deal with anyone who did anything beyond 20 bucks to the pokies. Even if they were, even the horses ugh, hate racing anyway, mm, yeah, but even horses or whatever, I, but, but if someone was a hardcore heroin addict, not kidding. And I love them. I'd be like, let's sort this out obviously and it's not that, that that person the gambling is a quote-unquote worst person it's just that's a trigger for me i think it's unfair to hide huge life yeah. events because if that came out and this is also why it's important to discuss politics and religion and um yes. deep things on a first date yes yes i mean and i i really do think that if you're gonna if you're gonna come out there and say i have these certain things that are a deal breaker for me 
that's also on you to be really honest about that. Because if that mm-hmm. person views their their what they call their like sad day avo punt on the horsies, kind yeah. of it's not a big deal, and you go hundred percent deal breaker for me. Well, mm-hmm. also don't waste their time. You know they're, yeah. they're a human being too, and they deserve to be you know given a chance to go. Mm, not my jam. If she doesn't like X, then I don't want to do, you know, life with that person. So I definitely think that in a relationship you need to be upfront. But um, one of the other things when we're talking about money and gambling and all those kinds of things, what my, and one of my really big red flags after coming out of the, the past relationship I'd been in was about control, especially financial control and financial mm-hmm. abuse too. Um, being able to have, well, sorry, that person being able to have control over you by controlling your finances, telling you when you can spend money, um, but then characterising that as I'm helping you, I'm protecting you, I'm blah, like, no, you're not. Mm. You're controlling me, mm. you're manipulating me, you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think that that they, they can sometimes go in hand in hand, financial abuse and gambling debts. And I, I feel like we're picking really hard on the gamblers here. <laughs> It's, it's not it's not meant to sound like that, but I guess just yeah. when you think about certain types of behaviours, um, you're regular, you know, oh, I would go and, and have a punt or have a gamble or spend money, any, any, you know, you might be addicted to buying shoes. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You don't have to be a girl to be addicted to shoes. That's a ridiculous mm-hmm. stereotype. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it is, if you're then engaging in manipulative and controlling behaviour, which essentially is abuse, to control a financial situation, that's also another really big issue. And I think for me, anyone who tells you, I'm not going to let, let is an important word, I'm not going to let you do that um, because I am I care about you, just go go and fuck all the way off. Yeah, that's 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 really, really manipulative to the, yeah, the financial thing. I also, I mean, this is a whole other thing, but I would never have a joint bank account either because of because of the things that happened to my mum. So I feel like that's a huge thing that I, I often bring up really early being like, I'm never going to have a joint bank account. I will never try to so don't money. ask me. Just stop Don't it. ask me. It's never going to happen. And don't think that's because I don't trust you. It's because mum trusts both of her husbands and look what fucking happened to my mother. So no. And Yeah. And I think that you don't, you don't want to, you don't, there's two things. You don't want to become a self-fulfilling prophecy where the lack of trust creates an issue that then there's financial abuse and you go, see, I told you that was going to happen. Because mm. obviously that cyclical nature of the way trauma acts itself out, but also the thing is, it's quite you. You can totally respect. I don't want to change my name. I don't want to have a joint bank account. Mm-hmm. I don't want children. I mm-hmm. would like to move to a different suburb. All of these things are just. This is how you feel about something, and mm-hmm. you're actually allowed to feel however you want. And if the person yeah. that you're with doesn't agree with you, and and you're never going to change it, if it's a fundamental thing that you absolutely cannot change, mm-hmm. then they have to either be with it or be without it. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the next thing that I want to bring up that actually, again, ties in with yours a little bit is... I love that. Segways. I love it. Love us. We're so in sync. Um, uh, I think lying about small things that you might think is... And that is like a really early on red flag that turns into the most... Like my... Not not the ex-boyfriend that I talk about all the time. A different ex-boyfriend, lo and behold, um, from years and years and years ago. He was a compulsive fucking liar. Like I, oh on, I I'm actually kind of I, I'm not going to say what he's what he lied about because I feel like he'll come for me because he's that kind of like kooky. Oh, good. But <laughs> he, it was like it was huge, huge, huge things. I'll tell you after what he what he was lying about. But it was like insane things like. 
um, I guess one of them that I can prove that he can't say it's slanderous was him um, owning his apartment when he didn't. And it's like, there's no point to lie about that. Why would you, you lie about that? You still live there. Care. You don't I have don't to care talk if you're renting. His... And he would like God. complain at body corporate. Oh, so he's really embellishing the line. You're like, but honey, I work in property. So. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he's like, oh, but, and I'm like, why are you adding to it? But lying about small things, like I had a friend who her ex-boyfriend um, lied about what he had for lunch. And it's yes. like, why? And it's because they like feeling naughty and that's a red flag. They like being naughty. Like I've had an ex where getting I was like, away with, open. Getting away with shit that they know that, yeah, totally. Yes. I had an ex, I'm not going to tell you guys which one, he um, would love, love, love. Like I would be like, let's be open. Like I, I, I honestly am not, I'm not tied to monogamy that much. So let's be open. Yeah. Let's see how we go being open. Um, as long as you tell me who you're sleeping with because Brisbane, again, is so small that I'll hear about it and it's embarrassing hearing about it and people think that I don't know. So I'd like to yeah. just know to save the embarrassment. And he would still cheat on me and not tell me. And I'm like, like I've given you literally all of the space to do whatever you want and you've still broken the rules because you don't actually like having like, like sleeping with these people. It's not that you want to have someone else. It's that you want to be naughty. And he was like, he would shoplift because he liked to be naughty. Oh and it's God. like this, 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 yeah. And this all started he needs from therapy. Little, small, I hope like, he's seeing a qualified, qualified therapist. I Ooh. mean, that would be nice. Wouldn't he? he did promise me last time he saw me, but it's fine. Um, but I feel like it turns into these huge lies. And then you kind of also, it kind of conditions you. I found with like the, the the long long ago, ex. I found it conditioned me to be like, oh, he's probably lying, but it doesn't matter if you start off with little things. I don't know if this is an intentional yeah, thing. Yeah, like as in it's it's inconsequential, but it's like the lie itself has no consequence, but the act of lying is just like ding 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 ding. This is a mess. Yes, and it's like I got used to him. Like I was like, oh, like he's probably lying about. Or exaggerating about this or lying about this. And I would just be like, okay, well, he's lied about so many things before. And also I've forgiven him for this and kind of pushed to the side. So why not this one? And it's like And so threshold. now you're judging your behavior against like, oh, well, if I got over, if I got over something that was one, one meter high and this problem's two meters high, like it's only twice as bad as that. And that was okay. Yes. Suddenly, suddenly you're doing that thing where you're telling yourself a story about why it's actually okay. So that then when somebody says to you, don't you realize that unnamed person is a total dickwit and you Mm -hmm. go oh yeah but and then you repeat this ridiculous justification and you validate their bullshit because you've told yourself it's okay because if you didn't you might be so mad that you'd run them through the carving knife yes oh my god that 100 100 what's your next one because that was a beautiful place (laughs) to end that one at what was your next one (laughs) Um, so these ones, we, obviously, we had talked about a few things where we were like, "Woo, oh, my God, I can't even believe that that's a thing. So the, the can't, can't believe I didn't see it, red flag. You know those things where you look back and you go, was I drunk the entire mm-hmm. time we were together? Mm-hmm. Um, someone who on the first date racist microaggressions, wow, um, and also people who threaten to leave when you tell them, I don't like that you do X, Y. Well, maybe we should break up. If that's how you feel, we should break up. And you go, yeah. You, you realise later you're like, I should have said, yeah, mate, see ya. Let's break up then. Yeah, yeah. four 100%. times. For some, someone that while you're grappling uh, prescription drugs out of their hand at 3 o'clock in the morning because they're taking some downers to, to combat the uppers that they'd been taking earlier in the day and you're mm-hmm. like, you're going to have a heart attack and it's your anniversary but they'd been out with the boys because the boys are here from out of town and they say to you, 
if you keep acting like this, we're not going to have a fourth anniversary. <gasps> and, they, and then you go, whatever you say, fuck you or whatever. And then you stay with them for another year. You move into state. They cheat on you relentlessly. You ask them to their face, did you cheat on me? They lie. They say no. And then eventually you break up and everybody goes, didn't you know didn't you know that that person was cheating on you, a shit person, a drug addict? Yeah. All the things. And you're like, I know that it seems like I should definitely have been able to see that, but I totally could not. But I couldn't. And it's 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 crazy that you get blinded by that. And then you also when the person's saying to you, there's also a little part of you, like I'm sure I think you're an empath like me and you and you Ooh. I'm sure do you are you yeah, a fixer? Fine. Oh my goodness, I have projects <laughs> on the go. <laughs> Like every damn day. Yes. So I I feel like when someone tells you, you know, like my ex, he would constantly be like, actually all of them have been like, I'm not going to get better than this. But it was like a woe is me thing. It's like, this is all I am. And if, and I love you and you're the best girlfriend ever. And you are just the, like, I've never had a boyfriend ever get mad at me for anything, which is iconic by me. Just going to say I'm girlfriend of the year because they are always such messes that, I am like trying to like sort it out in my head. I'm spending so much time focusing on them and they're going, oh, but this is who I am. And I'm like, but, but I'm, but I'm putting in all this energy. You know what I mean? I'm putting in all this energy. So why aren't you changing? And it's like, oh, it's three and a half years later. And I'm doing them like, I wrote myself a letter two years ago about this person and I read it a year later and was like crying because I was like, oh, we've got, we've, we've gone through the whole cycle again and I'm back feeling this exact same way a year later. And I'm like, it's just an endless cycle. So now we're going to give you guys a yellow flag. So this is like a proceed with caution and isn't a completely halt interaction. Just like put a pin in it, you know, have a little reminder that, that happened. Um, what's yours? Um, so mine is that thing of when you start dating someone and then like nothing changes, you get into that, oh yeah, like maybe we should stay home and be coupley and they're kind of like, no, let's go drink Jaeger bombs. It's sort of like, well, right. you don't, you don't actually want to spend time with me outside the context of partying. Do you need to be drunk to hang out with me? Or do you, yes. you know, like, and that thing of, you know, people talk about commitment issues. I have, I have some varied opinions on what commitment issues are and if they actually exist because we spoke about trauma and not understanding or not, um, not projecting out either projecting our own trauma onto people or like not finding out whether someone else has triggers that may be the mm-hmm. reason, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to spend time with you because every time I get into a relationship with someone, that when I go into the part where we settle down, quote unquote, it goes wrong, that kind of stuff. Yes. You don't know. But also sometimes I think there are those people out there who just want to party and they do what they do what they yeah. want. And that for me is a yellow flag in the sense that I have to be able to say, is this something that I should expect is pretty much our relationship because it's not what I'm looking for? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Being at what point do you cut it off and say it's been... yes three months, six months, a year, and nothing has changed. That is such a good yellow flag because it's like you have to really understand when it's the consistent 
way that the relationship's going to be. Yeah, like is rather your relationship going to yeah. evolve? Are you ever going to like it? Because then it's not a relationship if it doesn't evolve because that's the whole point. You grow together. Um, whereas if you're, yeah, right, <laughs> your face, you're like, perridge. Um, yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you're asking, and that's why it's a yellow flag because it can be if that person can honestly communicate to you or show you with their actions because some people are really bad at communicating, mm. but they show you with their actions that even if they say, oh, no, we will, I just, you know, and then it goes on for it. You know, if you can put, a, as you say, a pin in it and say, this is my time frame, this is how much more time I'm willing to mm. dedicate to this this chapter of our relationship um and then if this person can't start to you know hang out on the monday and watch game of thrones maybe they're yeah, not for me amazing. um and that's why it's a yellow flag totally. because it might be the the be all and end all and it might be that you say if if not then it's over but it might also mm-hmm. be that you go oh actually yeah let, okay let's go to europe and and drink 400 different kinds of whiskey or whatever it might be not now yeah. obviously but not right now yeah <laughs> not right now but like more at one sort point, of, in a more general I, that's way a, <laughs> i feel like that's a really good point because as well though you'd have to like you have to bring it up with them because like he was saying that that part of the relationship might actually be a trigger in which they react in a really negative way and back away because yeah. they might be avoidant, whether it's from trauma in their childhood or just the way they've had, you know, things go wrong before. If yeah. they have had someone who, either gender, who becomes controlling when you get to that stage. Yeah. Or, or maybe gets, they have a toxic friend, of- right? And this is this is something that I think yeah. we've seen time and time again, not just not just with men or not just with hetero relationships, but where... One of the people in the relationship has a friend who is single and can't bear to lose their party buddy. And so they sabotage yes. by being like, oh, that person's so clingy, like the other person, the the you, I guess, in this situation. Yes. But also even you don't – it's probably important to reflect on oneself and go, am I this person? Am I being the person who is not available? Because that's, that's part of it too, right? It goes both ways. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously mm. talking – and we're going to talk in a minute about – green flags and the type of healthy yeah. the healthy ways that you can handle each other's emotions and all that kind of stuff that also being yeah. able to go is my yellow flag um, with this person that they want to settle down and I'm not ready so I should say actually we're not really kind of going the same way at the same time I might meet you later you know if, if, yeah. the, world, if the world wants that for us yeah there needs to be a lot of communication I think that's like about where you are at and what you want from the relationship. I mean, when you were saying before, when you were like, the point of a relationship is to evolve, I'm like so angry. My ex-boyfriend <sighs> I dated for three and a half years and I had, and it's, it's so dumb to put it this way, but I was like, I have nothing to show for it. We never moved in together. Whenever we got anywhere close to moving in together yeah. or, I mean, like even going on like, a, we never went on an overseas holiday together. The second that was brought up, he would just break up with me the week after. Oh. And then we'd get back together and it'd be like, oh, we're back at square one now because we've broken up. Oh, we, and he'd be like, we're so unstable. We can't get back together again. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where he's like, we're, we're going from scratch again because if we're good for eight months in a row, then we'll move in together. Yeah. And it's like, cool, at that seven and a half month mark where he's put the boundary, he then goes, oh, no, it's not working. And then two weeks later, we're back together. But I'm like, that doesn't count as of pause. We've still been together for three and a half years in total. Yeah. And you're the one that keeps doing it because you have mental health issues and you have these fears. Yes. But I have nothing to show for it now. But can we also just take a second uh, to realise that that 
is a manipulative gaslighting tactic for you to never be quite good enough because you can get almost all of the way there but never quite there. Um, it was a bit like, I suppose, being told by a previous partner. I say previous partner, like not anyone that listens to this is going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sucker. Uh, that, uh, you, you need to lose this. You need to weigh this amount and then I will propose to you. Um, oh yeah, no. like, honey, yeah, like why why the Bodzilla is angry? That's another episode. That's a di- that's a oh, different. Oh my god! Yeah. What's been a lot? Well, a whole bunch. Um, a much. whole lot has been a lot. <laughs> so yeah. he he said to you if he lost, were there any other conditions? Um, yeah, it was all about. Um, so because of our tumultuous relationship and his certain things, it was about like um, holding down a job, even though I had a good job when I met him, but I quit it to go work at his company. And then, oh yeah. And then, yeah, left there. And then we moved into state and I only had a series of like short term jobs sort of thing because Mm -hmm. of just the nature of everything at that time. And it's kind of like, well, you need to go back to Australia because this conversation happened in the lovely Thailand. Um, Mm. Long shall it remain a piece of my heart that I never want to return to. We love you too. Bye. (laughs) Um, Where do you want to go? Well, I know where I don't want to go. Anywhere but Thailand. Yeah. And and yeah, so uh, it was about I needed to go back and do this. There were conditions, the main one, and one that had been consistent because at that point he'd actually proposed because we'd broken up and he had then come back a couple of weeks later and proposed. So you're not alone in that that thing of of you think that, okay, this this time it'll be different. Honey, no, it won't. Just letting you know. (laughs) Go back five years and tell myself. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, anyone out here that's in an on-again, off-again relationship and you feel like it isn't getting anywhere, get out. Like, I, the last time we got back together, um, I was like, oh, I think we should go to <laughs> – so dumb. I feel like I'm going to so die much laughing work for when 25. I this. No. I was like, I think we should – I was like, I really would just love if we went to, like, couples counselling together. Yeah. I'm 25. I was 24 and I'm like – he, it obviously, but I, I do know that he has these issues and I understand his attachment style. And I was like, I think if we just worked on it together, it would, it would work. But it felt like just trying to like make a sandcastle out of dry sand. Yeah. You know what I you mean? You never Where hold it's it like together. Just, it would just keep kind of. Yeah. No matter how. And I'm like, and I, I felt like I was constantly like trying to patch holes up and be yeah. like, well, when this is fine, this is not good. Like when I was, he was like, yeah, like, I think, you know. Because I have my own place, you know, he's saying, oh, I, um, you know, when you, now you've got your own place, you've got a home, like we can talk about like maybe after your lease is in, maybe I'd like to like move in here. And he would say it when he was like half falling asleep and it was like not a real conversation, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was just such a, like a commitment. But he was like, baby, you know that I love you. And it's back to that gaslighting manipulation thing of, but you know that I love you, you know, and you know that we, we, we break up. Like we break up. But it's like, no, you break up with me when you when things are too close to commitment. Mm. Isn't it, it isn't that we're on the table. We had never we have never had a fight, this guy and I, in three and a half years. It's not like we everyone's like, you're so volatile. Uh, not which volatile is, which can at be, all. Yeah, it can be. It's not about volatility, but it's about instability. And I think that um, you, when you're talking, I, I like the sandcastle thing, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with that. Oh my God. You can, you're on one end of the spectrum or the other, right? So when you're in a certain, you might be in that stage where you think, do you know what? Because let me ask, did you ever break up with him, or did he always break up with you? Um, 
the last time I did it to him. Right. So more generally, it was you always trying to fix this sand castle. It was you always trying to build this sand castle. And so you tried being keeping the sand super dry by being like cool girl who's not like other other girls and doing the things mm. and then when that didn't work you try being oversaturating literally and figuratively speaking making the sand a bit too wet and then you'd be like oh it's all sloppy I can't deal I've oh got to get God, out of yeah. here so no matter what you tried like at some point you just went this is we're just fatally incompatible which is when yeah. you finally went actually you know what I am done trying to build your sandcastle for you. And that, for me, I went through that too of being like, no. And it was on the drive to the airport in Thailand to leave and goodbye. Um, That I was like, I am done. Like when I go back to Australia, I'm single and I'm going to go do whatever I want. Like, yeah. And whoever I want, don't mind if I do. (laughs) Thanks, Tinder. Uh, but I just, yeah, like I definitely, I definitely think that there's a, a trap that we fall into about thinking that we're the ones that have to build other people's trap, like sandcastles or yeah. um, their mm-hmm. emotions. Like it, it's, it's a bit of a thing where you think it's your responsibility. And obviously being a supportive partner and allowing someone to crumble so and you building them back up together that is again Mm. part of that evolution of relationship I think we've all probably known someone who's gone through a hard time whether it be a friendship or a romantic relationship where we go Mm. I am here for you while you can't hold your shit together but it sounds Mm. you know this this situation specifically to me and why I guess we call it a yellow flag of or why we're talking while we're talking about yellow flags is that when someone can't ever move forward with you they that's that's on them and you have yep. to at some point be like, it's not that I'm leaving you behind. It's just that I'm moving forward and you're standing still. Yes. Wow. So. Whoa, it's deep. True. It's that deep. Was amazing. <laughs> well, my yellow flag isn't as good as that. Jesus Christ. My. <laughs> good luck. My yellow flag. Oh, fuck. My yellow flag is a yellow flag because I, I would used to say that it was a red flag, but ever since I've gotten busier and busier and my life's gone a bit weird and my mental health's gone a bit weird you know like a lots of ups and downs in the past year I do this and I don't do it because I don't want to talk to people but it's when someone doesn't text back and they're really hard to get a hold of yeah so like and that people say people are like if they want to talk to you they will and it's kind of like mm, that actually isn't always the case like when i if i am going through a depressive episode or an anxious episode or if i'm really if i'm honestly so busy i won't even reply to my best friend who i would rather talk to than do anything else in the world like mm. i didn't talk to her yesterday and i was like oh fuck texted her and i was like hey i'm sorry i didn't talk to you much today because i didn't reply to her all day because i was hung over um and <laughs> there's this expectation and there's this expectation of like a constant open dialogue which is ideal yes but i think there needs to be some sort of um caveat and like nuance to it because a lot of the time you know last year and this year i didn't reply to my best friends or my mum my sister yeah um but at the same time i think there's the comp- the courtesy of being like like I said last night, I'll be like, I'm so sorry and text you today. I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. Yeah. And having that expectation of when you are emotionally available. Yeah. Whereas rather than just being ignored. Totally. And I think boundaries 
like that and um, expectations like that, it's so symptomatic of our, I couldn't find you on this platform, so I went looking for you on another platform. Social media has made it so difficult for us to escape. Like When we're like, do you know what I need? My blanket and my couch and no, just no one to talk mm-hmm. to me. That's actually mm-hmm. okay. And mm. 20 years ago, that would have been a thing. Oh, what were you doing on Sunday? Nothing. I was just having some time to myself. And no one would go, oh, my head exploded. Like, you didn't even make stories. Like, what's wrong with you? Um, like, nowadays, people are like, I texted you. Then I saw you were active on Facebook. Uh, and then I wrote to you on Instagram because you'd posted a story, but you didn't reply to me, even though you read it. Yeah. Some t- <laughs> I think sometimes we, we give out, we overcommit ourselves or we set up a perception that we are constantly available. And you and I mm-hmm. probably fall into this, um, both for you as a public persona who's quite responsive to people that, that you know and that you don't know. And for me as yeah. someone, who, as a mate, I am known, you know, as being someone who will kind of be there for people um, and, and, you know, texting in the middle of the night or whatever that I will often reply because I have a child and I wake up and then I look at my phone. It's actually not a great habit for me. Um, And I think that the difference between it being for you, like the difference of it being a red flag to a yellow flag for you shows incredible growth on your part because I can see some of the time when you will write, um, when you suggested that you'd like to do some more listener, it's a lot um, episodes and you were like, don't DM me. I can't read them all. That's a boundary that you have to put in place because people perceive that they're the only person contacting you, that the dialogue is only between you and them. Now the difference with that and a relationship is that is actually, if you're saying that you're in a relationship with someone, then you should probably putting, be putting them at a certain priority level that exceeds the people that you might be replying to from your stories or, oh yes, you know, like, and yeah. I don't know, obviously it's not the case that you will always date someone who's in the public eye necessarily, but you, you would expect that if that person was like, oh, tonight it's something. And so I have to be very available for social media purposes, whatever, mm. because social media is a legitimate form of marketing, whether you like it or not, yeah. Karen, um, <laughs> that, that um, it is a real job it, it is, is sorry it is service exchange for money that's all it is <laughs> they've actually shut down lots of the you know quote-unquote real life jobs because nobody wants them anymore yeah. um it's just that 2020 like being available for certain activities and being able to do that stuff and i think when that person makes it clear to you that you are never their priority that's the flag right being able to say, mm-hmm. I can't prioritise a conversation with you right now because A, I'm going to see you tomorrow and B, I feel really sick, I feel emotionally not okay, I don't have the spoons depending on um, mm. your personal situation um, is different. But I think that's really good that you can go, I'm not going to write someone off for this these days. Like back in Abby, yeah. Abby 2017 might have been yeah. like, that person yeah. never replies to me, I am done compared to yeah. Abby 2020 who goes, I'm not sure that that person really is okay. Why don't I kind of test the waters and make it a bit of a thing where I communicate with them? When you do X, it makes me feel Y and then yeah. see where you end up. Yeah, 100%. I think as well, um, for me, that like differentiation comes as well because I now only have a certain amount of emotional capacity from my phone because it is a work, it's a completely a work device. Yes. So, I, even when I do have, even if I am really interested in someone, I don't want to text them all day. Like I, I just simply don't want to do that because I also don't like having pen pals and I, I much prefer now time because I have to put boundaries on myself to not look on my phone when I'm with someone. I'd rather have like, I have a night with you where my phone is 
you know, charging by the bed upstairs yeah. and it's not near me. But I don't want to have them feel like an extra part of my job, which which is something that I need to work on. But for me, like, I'm, I'd rather just be like, call me tonight and we'll talk for two hours tonight. But I, I just don't have the capacity to text someone all day, every day. No, and I, I feel like yeah. maybe there's a bit more understanding there than than they used to be. And I think a lot of women, a lot of well, a lot of girls, I get a lot of emails from girls like my boyfriend doesn't reply to me, and I feel and all my friends say that if he wanted to talk to me, he would. But it, maybe he's just a tradie working on the tools all day and doesn't have yeah. his phone on him, and then that's actually putting way too much pressure on the relationship. And as well, it's an unreasonable expectation for him to be replying to you all day at work if you live together when you get home. I don't know. And I hate being like, oh, they're needy because that's just anxious attachment. That's just your own trauma. Being to recognize when it's like, like you were saying, reasonable and unreasonable from both parties. Yeah. And I think that's a really good one, especially. And again, I think you and I, as women who generally have been in um, heterosexual relationships, we have that you know, male, male, female thing, but it's probably true mm-hmm. for most people. Anyone who has an, un- and I'm going to say this is me, unhealthy attachment to their phone, being in a relationship mm. with someone who has a healthy attachment to their phone is going to cause some issues because the person who can put their phone down and then be like, where's my phone? Oh, I don't know. It, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll look for it in a minute. And me go, oh, where's my phone? It's not on me. Yeah. I can't cope. Um, <laughs> they're quite divergent styles and it needs to be a thing where you realise that, okay, that person isn't me. It doesn't mean they have to change or that you have to change, even though we should probably me pr- break their really unhealthy habit. Um, but <laughs> it needs that you be cognizant of, oh, when I text that person, they don't wear an Apple Watch and they haven't got their phone placed firmly up their ass so they probably haven't looked at their phone they're not ignoring me they are outside i don't know playing with a dog or doing some other kind of wholesome thing that yeah (laughs) they're they're not cheating on me they're just in the toilet like it's it's actually fine um and i think that also is about why why it's not a red flag it's a yellow flag is that um people are different and that's why the world is you know unique and interesting and sometimes a problem, a big problem. Um, but yeah, that, that, yeah, that <laughs> but, you, yeah, being able to love someone, being able to be in a relationship with someone doesn't necessarily mean that you turn into them or they turn into you, that you just exist together. Yes, yes. And then you learn to kind of go like ebbs and flows of each other's parts. Yeah. Of like someone might be quote unquote good at one part of the relationship. Someone might be good at another part. Right. Not, you know, you know they're good and bad, but, you know, some might be really good at communicating yeah. consistently how they feel and someone might struggle with that because of their past traumas and da 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 Yeah, and all of that. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to leave you guys with some positivity and we're going to give you some green flags to look for in relationships. Highly unusual for us I know. bitches. I'm such a fucking feminist bitch, but I'm like, you know what? Th- these are some good things that have happened. Because everyone always says to me, you always complain about men. And I'm like, no, I've just had awful relationships, but I have had some good ones. So I do keep yes. on, I keep hold on to the, to the green flags and it's hope of normal men out there. What's yours? You can do it. I can do it. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> um, and, and just to, I agree. I see I've got a friend, um, Lauren Dot Lately, who is also in the podcast group and a real mm. life friend of mine. And she's been sharing problematic dating profiles and posted last night. She's like, okay, so I guess I should post some good ones because I think she was getting a lot of people say the same thing. And I'm like, are you starting to wonder if maybe the reason there's so many problematic dating profiles is because there's so many problematic people in the oh, world? Oh, maybe. Just a thought. Like, just again, it's 
kind of like gaslighting a bit being like, why do you only focus on the bad ones? And it's like, well, because my, my <sighs> sample my sample size yeah. The is, data states yeah, most the, of them are fucked. Yeah. Like I have that many stories. I'm not making these stories up. Like I have that many no. stories. I don't have time to make all these stories up. But we've got some green How flags. How do I do that and break my foot <laughs> at the same time? How? I'm a oh my busy girl. I'm so busy. Broken. I'm so busy. Oh okay, so what's your green flag? Uh, my green flag is uh, when you ask someone a question about what you should do, whether that's a decision around what you should wear, cut your hair, mostly sort of superficial things, but more generally too, like, should I tell this person how they made me feel because I feel, you know, upset about something or whatever it might be, that that person's advice is always most sort of based in just do whatever you want to do. So there's no, I'm trying to control you. There's no, I have an opinion on you. It's very much an acceptance and it's not a lazy, just do whatever you want. Mm. Like it's not that it's, well, do whatever you think. So my example might be uh, in my particular relationship that when I shaved my head to raise money for cancer, which is a cause that's very close to my heart, um, a little bit of it was that I was like, my hair is a, like a whole mess. I'm just so over it. <laughs> what could I? And somebody said to me, because I'm not a booze hand at all, but somebody said to me, oh, you should do Dry July. And I jokingly said, honey, I'd rather shave my head than do Dry July if I want to raise money for cancer. Yeah. And then I kind of went, actually, my hair looks totally fucked. Maybe I could shave it off. <laughs> That's literally, I went, hmm. And then I was like, I'm going to do it. But then I said to my husband, should I, what would like, what do you think if I shave my head? And he said, well, it's your hair. Mm. And that's the right that's amazing. fucking answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, or should I wear this? Well, you look beautiful all the time, darling. Wear whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. And, and But also if I come out and I go, do I look fat? Or, well, I would never say that. You know this. Bodzilla would never. <laughs> do I look, and because he knows me so well, do I look not how I want to look? Because I want to show off my bumps, my right. curves, my yeah. bits and my whatever. But does it look unflattering or does it look yeah. in a way that you know that I will later go oh, why did you let me go out looking like that <laughs> like there's a there's a level of fat confidence and then there's just like oh no I just didn't look very fashionable and I'm not into it <laughs> and he will go well I can see your this or, or your tags hanging out but otherwise it's fine or oh he'll know what you want to hit yeah. whatever it is yeah. but it isn't no or it isn't it's negative or you should dress for me it's just like oh it's not I know that you won't be happy later yeah. with how you look so yeah. you tell me and I go yeah you know you're right I wasn't really feeling it right he gives it's like the advice when it, and this again is for hetero this is very much my hetero experience as a size gender woman he if you're in a relationship with someone who gives you the same advice that your best friend would and so in my case if your husband gives you the same advice that your best female friend would give you yeah. when you come out and you go, do you love this? And they go, well, I can see that you don't love it. And I go, yeah, I don't. And That's... that he can pick that is a green flag because you do need to have that level of friendship within the romance, I think. That is so true. That's something that I haven't even realised that has been a green flag that I've had that I've had with the my, like, big ex-boyfriend – my friends and I are literally like, he's big. But he's we still big. hate him, right? We, we still, still hate, hate him. him. We still hate him. But he's a that's something that pest. he's a pest. But he um but that's something that he would he would always do that as well. And it was like a friendship thing of he'd be like or he'd kind of react the way that my friends would react. If I was doing something ridiculous, he'd be like laugh and be like, babe, like <laughs> like if you You're like really it. Gonna, he'd yeah. be like, if you like it, 
wear it, you always look so hot. But like, isn't it a little bit like but in like a very, it's like an advice where mm. it's like, a, yeah, it's like a friendship way. Like not scared to hurt my well, feelings, yeah. but also like you look beautiful or no matter what. Like, you look, or like I, your hair I looks love- great. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what your makeup looks really nice and i'm like thank you i really like the top <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like do you, so much. do you feel good in it and i'm like yeah i feel hot okay great let's go let's, let's just go out and, yeah that's such a good point yeah. thinking about it as, your, as your best girlfriend because your best girlfriend would never say oh yeah, go out and, yeah, you aren't allowed you aren't allowed to wear that and we'd be like oh yeah i'm yeah. not gonna let you wear that or your best girlfriend would also never really say like, oh, it's too revealing or you look shit or put or you I'll down. Or I'll be embarrassed like hanging out with you if you're dressed like that. Yes. Although in fairness, some would. And then you have to realise that they're not your actual friend. Oh, they're a bad friend. Yeah, if someone, But if there's another episode on, for that. I mean, there's a whole <laughs> we, we friendship, we should do friendship. We should do friendship red flags and stuff. That'll be the next yeah. one. Let us know if you oh. want that. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be wonderful. Yeah, fantastic, but um, I um, I feel like as well, like with your fr- if your friends, my some of my friends would say that look shit, but only if I came out of the dressing room laughing. You know what I mean? If they yeah. knew that you knew that it's shit, and you're like, I look like a cupcake, and they're like, you look so bad. That's the yeah. only. If I came out being like, I look, oh, I really like it, they would never be like, shut you down. You know? No, because they might ask like- some questions like, do you know that your ass is hanging out, or <laughs> are you aware that your titties look kind mm. of lopsided, or whatever mm. it might be, or mm. that they might go, are you going to wear a bra with it? And then you think, well, I wasn't gonna, but if you're asking me, and then I think I don't want to, well, then I'm not going to buy it because yeah. that doesn't fit in with my my how I've imagined this outfit yeah. happening. Totally, yeah, totally. I think oh, my friend- I love I love real friendships. They're the best. I love real good friends. So hard to find. Um, so my green flag is, I guess, coming back to all of my red flags. <laughs> it's when someone I've only ever experienced this with one boyfriend. That was Todd King. For everyone, he was the runner-up on Ali season The Bachelorette. When we were dating, we were long distance. And because of my past traumas with my daddy issues and with um, my ex-boyfriend before him being all the things that I've said he is in this episode, no neglectful, not very attentive, would make me very anxious when he wouldn't reply to me, I would get really um, – I would get scared that uh, – Todd hated me if we didn't have a phone call in the morning or if we didn't talk because he lived in Perth. And I was like, I I called him one afternoon and I was like, I just feel like, you know, and I was like, I, I know why I'm feeling this way. I know it's because of my past relationships, but I personally yeah. get very worried when we don't talk because I've, I've dated long distance before. I've also dated people um, that have been very nice to me and not made me feel very wanted. And this is a trigger for me when we don't talk for a day. And I know that it's not to do with you, but it's to do with me. And he was just like, okay, so how do I fix it? And I've like, I've only ever had people be like, you know, I've never really brought oh, it up. Be like I've been, that. Yeah, like, I've been too scared. Yeah, I've like, I've been too scared to bring it up. Although, not gaslight you, but they'll go, don't be silly. Every, everything's okay. And it's like, yeah, but I'm telling you that I don't feel like things are okay when this happens. So yeah, like the fact that he was like, what, what do you want me to do? And I was like, oh, well, I, like a call every morning would be like, would be nice just to like check in. Cause he, cause of Perth time, he was going to work around the same time I was going to work cause he worked earlier than me. And so he just called me every morning. We would have a FaceTime every morning on the train on the way to work. And it made me feel so much better. And that was, I've never had someone, when I bring up an issue, not be defensive or dismissive. Being like, oh, I've heard what you're saying. 
So what do you want me to do? Or being like, what if I did this? And that was like yeah. the biggest green flag. And I don't think that, you know, I'll ever it's like settle for someone that doesn't do that. Like that's a huge yeah. thing Todd did for me. Yeah. And are you super proud of yourself for actually expressing that? Because I am. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it like because because so often before when I would like, I just I was just way too scared to ask for things I needed or wanted because I knew that what I would get was, oh baby, you know I love you, or or yeah, where it isn't it isn't necessarily aggressive or rude or but it's very dismissive dismissive yeah and and that thing of I'm so special that what I do is different and so I don't have to actually cater to you because that causes me to have to move outside my own comfort zone oh my god yes right um and that again is something that is about interpersonal relationships of any kind Mm. if you voice a feeling a concern an issue something it's quite easy to say why do you feel like that though you should know me better than that Mm. You should already know. Well, I clearly don't because if I did, I wouldn't have these fucking feelings. Yeah, I feel Um, this way, yeah. Yeah, and either that person can validate you Mm. um, or they cannot validate you Mm. and that, I guess, you know, it can be a yellow flag, I guess, Um, that person Mm. that will continually not validate you. But I think it's so nice and it's so nice that you can give that person that that kudos for Mm. being the holder of a green flag uh, because it's not that it's so... I love it. Um, It's not that, yeah, and it doesn't mean that that your relationship will automatically be perfect because that person gives you green flags instead of red ones. But, hell, it's going to be a lot better than some you've had. Yeah, I mean, the fact that that is something that I still think about all the time, that moment, because we've only been dating for, I think we've only been dating for like a a few, I'd met him once because I was flying to Perth to see him. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is what – normal people do in relationships because all I've had is men who are either overly clingy and almost controlling or the opposite neglectful where it's not healthy of like I'm going to mold around what not changing yourself in a relationship but like I guess changing the way you're acting in the relationship he's not changing who he is but he's been like what can I accommodate yeah, absolutely, which is like it's almost like a new skill in your in your relationship skill set. Like if you think that a long a long distance relationship is a totally different job, quote unquote, to yeah. an, a, a relationship that you have in person. Yeah. Uh, so if you think you have to do different things for different jobs, the difference between being a butcher and a baker is pretty significant. Although there are lots of the same things, yes. some of it is different. And being able for him to because obviously if you guys were not long distance there wouldn't be a question about can we converse each morning so that I have a sense of my day being set up for yes. positivity and love in our relationship uh-huh. because you would see that person, they go, love you, babe, I'll see you mm. after work, kiss, blah, blah, blah. Yep. You have to be able to say, all right, well, we're doing things in an unconventional way. Mm. I'm going to request that you d- acknowledge this this situation that we're in of mm. I feel X when you do Y, um, mm. which is my favourite way of expressing literally everything. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I always uh, that but- because of therapy. It's like when you do X, I feel Y, and what I would like yeah. to have is Z. It's like to yeah. make me feel. Can you tell we've both had therapy? Yeah. We're quite proud of us, proud of us. Love us, love us. Um, we need it. Um, <laughs> but, me, absolutely. Yeah, I do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I need to go because I've got to call my therapist. <laughs> uh, no, but <laughs> no, I definitely think that there's also, a, you know, long-distance relationships are not the same um, as a relationship that you have in person, but also grown-up relationships are not the same as the relationships you have as a teenager um, because we're so different, evolved, been through different experiences. But your what you reflected on earlier about being able to acknowledge other people's attachment styles, trauma and things like that shows a level of awareness that I think we can probably agree not everyone has both female and male, oh, both hetero and homosexual yeah. relationships and everything in between. Yeah. Um, that as a human being, if you're completely unwilling to see the other person's point of view about something, you're probably destined for not greatness. Oh, totally. And that's a whole thing, isn't it? Is learning other people's point of views and trying to understand what they need and what they expect. And not, not just bending to their will, but thinking, what do they... Like, I knew my ex with his avoid his avoidant... I knew by the end, I knew that when he didn't reply to me, they, I never really was, like, overly clingy. I wouldn't call him. But I knew I called him once to let him know that I wanted to call me. And then if he didn't reply in a day or two, I'd text him. And then I knew to just leave him the fuck alone. And I knew eventually he'd come back. And unfortunately, that was then a neglectful relationship. But I understood by the end what he actually needed. And usually he was like, you know, he was like, you, you're the only person that like lets me be who I who I need to be and, and lets me um, communicate that I need to. And I'm like, okay, but I'm probably enabling. <laughs> so there was that issue of well, as well. But, you know, you get to a point where you're like, I know how this person's going to react if I do X, Y, Z. Particularly if I have yeah. mental health issues, which a lot of people do. <laughs> a yeah, lot of people do, whether or not they go to yeah. therapy, but a lot of people do have that. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's a line between um, treading on eggshells with someone who's abusing you and, and behaving a certain way to stop them from doing that mm. and um, being accommodating to someone's needs. And and that's a line that we tread so often and so easily, especially mm. I find as um, empaths. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't say that's specifically a female thing. Um, I think anyone that identifies as an empath would say mm-hmm. that they tread that line pretty regularly. Yep, hundred percent. Well, I love this. I'd love this conversation. Can you tell everyone your pluggables? Mm. Mm, yes, I can. Uh, the Bodzilla.com is where you can head to find out things about me, including about the upcoming launch of the podcast. I pushed the launch date back a little bit because I realized that a very significant date was coming up for me, my baby's birthday. So oh. my new baby is being born on the same day, just so I can remember it all at once. <laughs> um, so you can go and sign up for the mailing list to find out more. You'll find my Medium, my Patreon, my Facebook, and my Instagram links all on the page. So head to the Bodzilla.com and come and be part part of the gang amazing thank you so much for coming on i had love this conversation i think we should do a friendship one let's i'm all about the flags i will be um we love the flags thank you so much bye Bye.